Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We interrupt this program. We interrupt this program to bring you Vikings Vent Line, the one show where you get to react to how the purple played right away. Right away. Call in now with your thoughts on the game. 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. Second and nine from inside the 10 is Allen. Looks, takes off. He can run with it. Allen reaches for the pylon. And I think he has it. Wait for a signal. Finally, finally we get one of the linesmen says touchdown. Third and seven from the 10. Pressure on Cousins. Pocket collapsing. And Cousins, the ball comes out. And it looks like Buffalo's recovered. They got it. Buffalo football at the 15. There's Cousins. Pressure on him. And the ball's out again. And the Bills recovered again at the 25-yard line. Now with three wides. Allen. Now he's going down the field. He's got a man wide. Touchdown for the Bills! They Jason, did it! Jason Kroom! There was no one in that secondary at all, Tony. Anthony Barr coming up the middle, free safety, gotta get it go. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Allen gets away from Hunter, trying to anyway. Oh, finds Ivory. No one's there. Now there's some players down at the 10. Tries to split him, and he's down to the 5. And the vet lines are open. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. And also streaming live and taking your comments in written form on Periscope slash Twitter. It's just the 1500 ESPN account on Twitter and Periscope. Manny Hill, Phil Mackey with you as long as you want to call. We got Jonathan taking your phone calls and playing... All of those highlights that were mostly from the first quarter for the Buffalo Bills. Yep. And I think the question off the bat here is, before we get to Chansey first off, 651-646-8255, is this the most embarrassing Vikings loss when you consider the context? Home game, rookie quarterback, 17-point favorites, Bad all team. things considered. Yes. Bad team. Yeah. Most I... embarrassing Vikings loss since blank. Ever? Uh, I mean, I well the, well, the easy answer would be the NFC Championship game, right? But that's I, I the but, Eagles in a row but that, game. But that's 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 a championship game against the team that went on to win the Super Bowl in your backyard, by the way. Um, but I, I I mean, wow, what's the well? I I cited that Colts game from two years ago when Andrew Luck came in. And just threw the ball all over the place on this Mike Zimmer defense. Now they had some injuries; those guys were banged up. And it's Andrew Luck. But it's yeah, and it's Andrew Luck. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I can't think of a more embarrassing, pathetic, disgusting performance by this team. Just consi- like you said, considering the context of a rookie quarterback, a team that has been drilled the first two weeks of the season, and arguably the worst team in football, and you're favored by 17 points to beat them. Uh, people are chiming in. I'm just reading some of these comments on our on our Twitter slash Periscope feed. I got my laundry done and dishes clean in the second half. Productive Sunday. Yes. <laughs> Let's go right to the vent lines here, Manny. This uh, whole episode and the season of Vikings Vent Line powered by Lucky's 13 as well. You could probably go for some of those Lucky's 13 Bloody Marys after this one. Chansey yep. and Fargo, your opinion is first. Go ahead. Uh, first off, which Minnesota uh, coach had his team less prepared this weekend? P.J. Fleck or Mike Zimmer? Uh, straight up. Number Boy, well, two, hold on. I think just to answer that quick, I think Mike Zimmer by far. Cause yeah, at least, it's not cause, even Because you've got a bunch of you got a freshman quarterback, Gophers, and like a bunch of yeah, freshman the, the players. Gophers, the Gophers yesterday, first off, I mean, this is Vikings vent line, but I'm going to go in on the Gophers here for a second. First of all, <laughs> everybody, yeah. this is what I was talking about. A couple of weeks ago, when when the Gophers were three and zero, or just I guess after last week, when they were three and zero, and everybody's saying, "Boy, you know, I think they could find a way to win eight or nine, or maybe even ten games this year." Look at the rest I, of the Big Ten West. I think I told you eight. <laughs> <laughs> but like this well, is that. I mean, yesterday is why you know that was that was just a comeback to earth type of game for the Gophers. Like it's a big jump even to the Big Ten from your non conference schedule. But as far as coaches that were un that were had their team unprepared. It's it's Mike Zimmer between the two guys. It's it's not even close. Yeah. This was this was this was awful today. So Chancy, there's question one. What's your next one? <laughs> well, I was wondering, I don't know how much you guys have for staffing levels there in the uh, old vent line studio, but maybe somebody could run down to the field now and untie Riley Reef from the post he's been uh, hooked up to for the last three hours. That would be helpful. I think it was a uh, fire hydrant that was attached to his right leg. It makes it very <laughs> difficult to get out of your stance. Yeah. yeah, he made me miss Matt Khalil uh, today. That was, uh, and he's our best lineman, right? So, uh, supposedly, anyway. Uh, number three, I feel bad for the uh, Danny Green family. Uh, can they have a redo on their Ring of Honor induction? Because can't believe there were too many people uh, ready to clap and cheer at halftime of that game. So, well, it was danger- nothing- it was dangerously close to a forty-one donut tribute at home today. Maybe that, that was maybe the goal. That's what they were going for. Yeah, could have been. Right? Yeah. Chancey, thank you for the phone call. Let's let's keep buzzing through here. Oh, yeah. We have a couple open phone lines, and I know the game's not over. Usually we, we advertise when the game's over. We couldn't help ourselves. Well, this, game, this game's been over for a while, Yeah, I think. We did a halftime yeah. vent line, too, yeah. on Periscope. <laughs> 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Will in St. Paul. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, you know, th- this might be a stretch, but do you think – what happened with Carlson last weekend and that collapse had anything to do with the game today? Because, you know, I'm looking at it and there's no reason for this to happen. I mean, there weren't any crazy storylines this week. I mean, just, there, there's not any reason that this should happen. Do you think, you know, tying last week when you should have won the game, do you think that had any effect on them throughout the week and today? Uh, yeah, well, thanks for the call. I, I don't think the Carlson thing had anything to do with this. I think this was just Mike Zimmer not having the team ready to play. And I don't know if it's overlooking the Bills because you're 17-point favorites and you're so looking ahead to the Rams on Thursday or whatever it was, but this was just they were not ready to play today. 
for whatever reason. They were not ready to play today, and they had some guys that were out. Cook was out. Everson Griffin was out. But you, from a personnel standpoint, they had enough to still dominate the Buffalo Bills today, and they just they haven't done it. They they were not ready to play today at all. Can we also give a tip of the cap to the Leslie Frazier schemed Tampa two defense that, that held the Vikings to four yard passes? Tony Romo with the line of the game. And the, actually, Tony Romo and Jim Nance wound up being a saving grace if you were watching this game on TV because like they were they were good and Tony Romo pulled it like it was the whole game and they come back from this is I don't know mid fourth quarter and the Vikings have ninety two yards to go and they're down by four touchdowns and and Jim Nance comes back from break and goes another long field for the Vikings and Tony Romo goes and the Vikings are going to spend. Uh, I'm going to butcher the line. And the Vikings are going to throw four-yard passes under duress for another drive or whatever. Uh, Let's go to Eric in Bismarck. You're on Vikings Vent Line with Manny and Mackie. Thanks for taking my call. Um, You were wondering earlier about the most embarrassing Vikings loss. There are just way too many to choose from. Uh, Today certainly ranks up there. But here's what I'm wondering. And, I mean, these are old, cliched questions, but at what point – do the Vikings really start addressing the offensive line? Uh, we had some good offseason acquisitions. Nate Solder uh, went to the Giants. I mean, this offensive line is historically awful. It's it's awful, guys. I mean, I I there was one offensive line that I thought was worse than ours, and that was Detroit against New York Jets. But ours is ours is right up there. And then secondly, is this defense? Is this starting to become a trend or is this just an aberration thank you well first of all there's nothing you can do to address the offensive line in the middle of the season here unless you're thinking about some sort of a big blockbuster trade which almost never happens in the nfl right getting pat elfline back and i know he he was back today but getting him actually back in the mix and in you know football shape that definitely helps but riley reef a couple of weeks though Right, and, and Riley Reef was the guy you signed to fix the left tackle spot, and he—I don't know if he was he was he banged up today because I don't know. Riley Reef was three seconds late getting out of his stance Jerry every Hughes, single snap. Well, there there was one Hughes that played well in the game today. It was Jerry Hughes who continuously beat Riley Reef off the edge, probably ten, eleven, twelve times today. That's at least that's what it seemed like. It was bad. Yeah, it was it was really bad. Yeah, it led directly to uh, at least one of those Kirk Cousins fumbles in the first half, too. Okay, w- one other note, too, on the Kirk Cousins deal. So, I get it's not 100% your fault when you hit your five- or seven-step drop, you get to your final step, and there's a defensive end ready to put his shoulder pad in your you know, in your lower spinal region, and the ball pops out. So, some of that is just, you got to get better blocking up front. Mm-hmm. But Kirk Cousins, in his three years with Washington as the starting quarterback from 2015 through 17, fumbled more than any quarterback in the NFL. He fumbled 13 times last year for Washington. So and this I is didn't definitely even know a that thing. Until today. It's a thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like the Dante thing where Dante had really small hands and then, you know, like two or three times a game. pound quarterback with the smallest hands on the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a thing. Yeah. And, and Kirk Cousins, again, this goes back to what. I've talked about the last couple of weeks. That's kind of concerned me a little bit about him, and we saw it. We saw it in the 49ers game. We saw it a little bit last week. And granted, last week he redeemed himself because he had a terrific second half, just torched the Packers' defense. But today it was back to the same stuff where he's holding on to the ball a little bit too long. The pocket presence isn't necessarily 
what you would like it to be because he's not really stepping up as much. He doesn't really look to be mobile in terms of trying to extend a play to try and get himself in a position where he can make a better throw downfield. He just, it's like when the pressure comes, he either doesn't really have a sense of it or he just is determined to just stand in one spot in the pocket and not adjust. And he's just completely oblivious to the pressure. And it's, that's going to be something to look for because this offensive line is not as good as you need it to be. Let's go to Ben in Florida. You're on Vikings vent line power by Lucky's 13. Um, so this, uh, U.S. Bank Stadium has had some great wins and some ugly losses. And this is probably one of, this is definitely one of those ugly losses. I'm not going to go off on this team because I have really no clue where they are. They have a good win against San Francisco and an unnecessary tie against the Packers and a bad loss. So, and the Packers right now are losing to Washington pretty handily. So, I'm not going to say this team is cooked, but the offensive line and defense has got to play a lot better and uh, oh and um <clears throat> one other one other note too where is the running game that is a concern that is a that is probably the biggest a major concern i have where is the running game the running game is not there so at one one and one i mean it could be worse you could be oh and two or oh and three right now so that's all i gotta say yeah they probably i mean they to get that tie against the packers otherwise we'd be looking at one and two Mm-hmm. And games against two of the best teams in the NFL. Although, if you look up and down right now, so Ben is right. The Packers are down by 14 points right now in Washington, so they're they're about to drop to one one and one. With how it, much time it, is left? Two minute warning, and uh, Green Bay does have the ball, but that game's pretty much over. I don't know. It's Aaron Rodgers. The Eagles <laughs> is that game over yet? Let's see here. The Eagles, Eagles were. Are the- Tight one with the Colts, right? Still going on there. The Eagles just actually the Eagles just won. They won twenty to sixteen. Okay, they were trailing throughout almost the entire fourth quarter. Carson Wentz was back today, right? Yes, Um, and he performed pretty well, two hundred fifty-five yards. But the Eagles, yeah, the Eagles uh, improved to two and one. So it's and the Saints now the Saints are tied thirty-seven thirty-seven against the Falcons. So one of those teams is going to be one and two. So this this loss doesn't put a nail in your season coffin, but your schedule. Is not easy. You've got these two games coming up in which you're probably yeah. going to be underdogs in both of those games. And so it, it, you're staring at 1-3-1 one, and one right now if you don't steal one of those games against against the Rams on the road or Philadelphia. What I mean, what did we say at the start of the year when we looked at the first five games? The two home games were the ones that you absolutely needed to have. And now they've dropped one of them. And now you're you're headed to L.A., against arguably the best team in football on Thursday on a short week. You're going to get, you know, that extra, that sort of half bye week because you're playing a, you're having a short turnaround this week and then you got to go to Philadelphia. I mean, you, you know, you did this, this is, this is a bad loss. This is a bad loss because yeah, you, you put yourself behind the eight ball with this because this was one of the games that you had to have. You absolutely had to have. I don't think it. I don't again. I don't think it ruins your season. No. But, but if you're looking back and and you're not going to go 13 and three again, you can't mathematically because you have a tie. But like you're not, <laughs> you're not going to run the schedule the same way you did last year. So 11 and five was sort of that. Okay, if you can get 11 and five, drop off in the regular season, but make another push for the postseason. And if you're 
you're in a battle in an NFC with maybe seven, eight, nine viable teams. This is going to be a game that you look back on if you're mm-hmm. jockeying for position or home field or whatever. It this game absolutely matters at the end of the year. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Let's go to uh, Blake and Eveleth. Go ahead, Blake. Actually, I think Blake just hung up on us. Let's try uh, David in Minneapolis. Hey, David. Hey, good afternoon. Um, so if your offensive line is getting crushed and you have edge rushers constantly coming off, I don't know the wisdom of bringing um, Kyle Rudolph to chip people. The guy can't block anybody. Um, they're, I'm really worried about the Vikings. They're tackling. They're not very sure this year. And then Anthony Barr, I mean, he played terrible. Yeah. Yeah, Barr was a Barr was a disaster. Barr, first of all, he was awful in the first, his first half, especially was just just brutal. Yeah, Josh Allen hurdled him on one occasion, and then he had just the most boneheaded fifteen yard horse collar penalty. The Vikings had about three yeah. boneheaded fifteen yard penalties in this game. Well, even on the first drive, I mean, Lin, I mean, Linval Joseph's penalty that set the tone really for the whole game because you had Josh Allen bat, bot, uh, bottled up for I think it would have been a three and out for Buffalo. And that penalty keeps the drive alive. Then Anthony Barr gets a face mask penalty for 15 yards. So you give the Bills 30 yards on their first possession. You're giving them confidence. You're giving them momentum. Josh Allen takes advantage. And you're down 7 nothing. I mean, that that just it set the tone for the entire afternoon. Yeah. Uh, just reading some of your comments here on the Periscope slash Twitter feed, or you can find us uh, just at 1500ESPN on Twitter or, or Periscope if you want to watch the live feed of Vikings Ventline. Jared AFC says, Vikings need to give refunds to the fans for watching this crap. Um, a couple people saying, I think it had a little bit to do with last week, just some sort of a letdown factor. Um other people are commenting on the Everson Griffin. So, like, there's rumors that something happened with Everson Griffin. I have not been able to to dig on this, and I haven't seen any credible reports that something other than injury is keeping him out. I don't know. We'll leave that to reckless speculation until we can find a little, just a few more details on it. Um, let's see. Gar- Gardner says, "Never thought we'd have the same record as Cleveland this year." <laughs> hey, Cleveland. Cleveland's played pretty well in their three games, except for the first quarter against the Jets. Cleveland's yeah. actually Cleveland's played three close games and they've won one of them. Let's go to Jim in Colorado. You're next up on Ventline, Jim. Hey, how's it going, guys? Well, we're trying to figure out what the hell we just saw, Jim. What what did you just see? Oh, oh Jim can't hear us. Jim Clack, six five one six four six eight two five five. Austin in North Dakota. Go ahead. You're on Ventline. Hey Phil, how are you? Uh, you know, I, I I don't know if I've seen worse, but it's not it's not entirely shocking, I guess. Even though we were one hundred percent sure they would have they would. I mean, the Vikings do this. This is kind of classic Vikings in some ways. What did you think? Uh like I don't know. Like usually, like once a year under Zimmer, we kind of have this game where just nothing goes right. Mm-hmm. This was that game. So, I mean, defensive, defensively, first half was horrible. And O-line was bad the whole game. And just Kirk was off. And, I mean, you got, let's give Buffalo credit. I mean, they came ready to play. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, Buffalo Buffalo definitely read press clippings all week and yep. watched talking head shows all week and said, we're not just going to come in here. Like we're we're going to come in, and our quarterback is going to do a, a John Elway helicopter spin, and our defense is going to try and strip the uh, the ball from Kirk Cousins. But 
I even thought once it was 17 nothing in the first quarter, I thought that's a really bad way to start, but if you gun to the head at 17 nothing with 3 quarters to go, you have to you have to pick a team right now. I would have said Vikings still. Mm-hmm. I just I thought there's no way Buffalo can sustain this for 3 hours and there's no way the Vikings at home are going to play this poorly for 3 hours. And I was wrong. They yeah, did. they they got the, the Vikings got punched in the mouth today. At the start. I mean, the, the, the you had the penalties on the first Buffalo drive. They go down and they score. So that's the first haymaker that the Bills threw in this game. And then you get on the ensuing possession for the Vikings, you get the fumble. That was another punch. And the Vikings just never, never responded. And that gave the Bills more and more confidence. I mean, you're, the thing of it is, is we, you know, all week we talked about how and I, 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 I'm throwing myself right into this. We talked about how the Bills had no chance. And regardless of what players say after games about, oh, yeah, we don't really care about what the media says, that's BS. They hear all this stuff. You think Josh Allen didn't hear that everybody was basically calling him a lame duck going into this matchup? Mm-hmm. He heard all of that stuff. You could, see, you could see it in his play. And you we, could see it in his play today. He and heard we, all of it. We were guilty in the pregame, too. That Sure. Absolutely. That, that this could be a, a game that sets his career back, right? I yeah. would actually just spend 20 minutes replaying two segments from us before the game. And not that we were the only ones all week, but yeah. 651-646-8255. One open line right now if you want to grab it. 651-646-8255. And let's go to uh, Lou, in, Lou in Oakdale. Go ahead, Lou. Yeah, hi, guys. First, I, the thing that got to me is this defense has never been the same since the New Orleans in the second half of that last year at the end of the season. I, it's still not the same as that. They're not dominating anything at all. And so far, I think I think teams have figured out what the Vikings defense has been doing and exploiting it uh, for, you know, all the time in that. So I think that's one main problem. The Zimmer's getting out coached and everything, especially on defense. Yeah, and, 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 yeah. and Lou, here's a something to add to what Lou just said. Thank you for the call. It's really, really hard to maintain the NFL's number one defense for multiple years. Mm-hmm. Things happen. Players get hurt. Uh, offenses sort of figure out ways to attack you differently. The 1985 Bears defense was one of the greatest defense, maybe the greatest defense of all time. Innovative scheme, Hall of Fame players. Go look at where that defense was two or three years later. I think yeah. they were number one maybe two years in a row. People think, oh, the 80s Bears defenses. And two or three years later, it was... A shadow of itself. So yeah. it's 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 small windows for great defenses. It really is. And even I'll give you a couple of other teams to look back on, like historically great defense. Look at the Ravens defense from 2001, a year after the 2000 Ravens defense, yeah. which was arguably the greatest defense ever, along with the 85 Bears. Go look at the 2003 Buccaneers after their Super Bowl win the year before. Remember that? That was the year of the Monday night game where Peyton Manning scored like four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And the Colts came back on that Monday night game in Tampa to win that game. That was just a year removed from being the Buccaneers defense that destroyed the Raiders in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really, really hard. And this is why the Vikings went and got Kirk Cousins, because I think there was a little bit of an anticipation that the defense could fall off a little bit. Now, today, they were brutal today. And, and I don't know if that was an anomaly or if that is a sign of things to come. But what I do know is that this is why they went out and got Kirk Cousins in the first place, because you can't rely on your defense being statistically number one across the board for two years in a row. And even though 
They got down. It was just bang, bang. They get down. The defense allows a couple huge plays, and Cousins gets stripped. And Cousins had a chance with at least two or three throws. Wide open Adam Thielen over the middle. Uh, There was a couple throws to Thielen in that first quarter. And I don't know if it's he was skittish because the Buffalo Bills were getting pressure, but he sat back there with a lot of time on a couple throws early and just airmailed receivers. And that helped set the tone, too. It's like, okay, well, this was your chance to dig out from underneath the hole at home, mm-hmm. and now Kirk Cousins is inaccurate. And this is Kirk Cousins, too. Kirk Cousins fumbles. Yep. Go look at his track record with Washington. He'll give you those games like he gave you on the road against the Packers. He gives you the upside of one of the top seven or eight quarterbacks in the NFL when he's locked in, but he also gives you the downside that you saw today. I mean, this is this is part of Kirk Cousins, and the difference between a Kirk Cousins and an Aaron Rodgers isn't necessarily upside. Both are capable of throwing for 400 yards and carrying a team in the second half like you saw last week. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't do this. Tom Brady doesn't do this. Yeah. So th- like that, that downside is what keeps Kirk Cousins from being one of those Tier 1 quarterbacks. And the, and the downside we saw today, you couple it with the bad defensive effort, this is what you get. Even against a quote-unquote bad team like the Buffalo Bills, it just, today was, everything was bad across the board. You got the worst out of Kirk Cousins. You got the worst out of your defense. You got the worst out of special teams and discipline and and all that stuff. And you get your butts whooped at home by a 17-point underdog. Yeah, I mean, put it this way. The top five or six quarterbacks in the NFL don't lose at home to Josh Allen. They just don't. And Mm -hmm. I know that the quarterbacks weren't the only two guys on the field. There's other circumstances, but it's just a fact. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Let's try a Chad in Colorado. Hey, Chad. Hey, guys. Uh, 45-year Colorado uh, Viking fan here. You know, I love my Vikings, but come on, man. Really? Getting beat by the Bills? In my 45 years as a Viking fan, I have never been so embarrassed. This is absolutely ridiculous. The secondary is getting their butts whipped nonstop, left and right. We lose Trey. We lose Trey. The offensive line can't do a darn thing. Elfman comes back, thank God, but doesn't do a darn thing. Why are we getting and starting uh, Pat Elfline when, you know what, he hasn't earned it? Why are we doing that? Yeah, that's a lot of great rhetorical questions from Chad. <laughs> I mean... Um, I thought playing Pat Elfline was important because you want to get him out there. Matthew Collar brought up a good point this week. Just put him out there, treat it as kind of like an exhibition game for him, and and then he'll be a little bit more ready against the Rams. You I didn't think you'd lose there. the game, though. You you, you got to get him out there. And the idea is that you're you're playing an inferior opponent and the best time to get him out there, to get him ready, because you want to have him fully available for a road game on a short week against arguably the best team in football, you want to have them 100% ready to go, and there's no better way, in theory, than to get him sort of a test run, a, a sort of a warm-up situation, because you don't want him going into that Rams yeah. game cold. Uh, the tail of the tape in this game wound up, because of garbage time, the Vikings did chunk out quite a bit of yardage. So both teams finished with 292 yards on uh, roughly the same number of plays. It just wound up turnovers. The Vikings turned the ball over three times, and then they had drive stall out because of whiffing on fourth down. So it wound up the, the Vikings defense wound up 
playing better in the second half. Part of that's because the Bills just stopped being aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so both teams with 292 yards of total offense. The Vikings actually wound up with 21 first downs to the Bills' 16. But some of that stuff's going to be really deceiving just based on how the Bills shut her down and went into clock mode in the second half. 651-646-8255. Todd in South Dakota, you're next up on Ventline. Hey, uh, everybody's got to relax here a little bit. This was a perfect loss. Uh, non-divisional game. Um, about three years ago, they got stomped by uh, San Francisco. Come out the next week. Um, played their butts off. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Plus, Green Bay lost. Um, I think it's a perfect situation. That's an optimistic phone call right there. I, I got to be honest. I disagree. I mean, this. I mean, listen. Every all that is going to depend on how they play the rest of the way. That that all that's going to depend on how they play the rest of the way. If you go into St. Irv, almost called him St. Louis. If you go into L.A. on Thursday and you lose, and then you go into Philadelphia a week and a half later and you lose, you're one three and one. I mean, you 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 have to. These are the games, and look, last year we could have said, we could have looked at that Lions game yeah, that they lost at home 14-7 to and said, ah, what's the big deal? I think the way I but look... But that was the difference between, that game was the difference between them hosting versus being on the road in the yeah. NFC Championship game. There's, this is the toughest part of their schedule, just on paper, and, and schedules change as you evolve through the season. And I, and I thought if they could get out of the first five games 3-2, and two, so two losses, and that, so I guess the equivalent now would be: could you get could you get out of it two two and one? Mm-hmm. Can you can you just win one of these next two games? I think if you win one of these next two games, it still puts you on a path for ten or eleven wins, which gets sure. you into the playoffs. So, but yeah, I mean, this is like this is one of those put it. It doesn't wreck your season yet, but like you're saying, put a pin in this, yeah, and let's revisit in late November, early December, and see because, where they're at in the NFC. Because what happens now? Because you drop this game, this was a bad loss. And the only way to make up for a bad loss is if you go now and win a game that you were not favored to win, which is going to be one of, if not both, of these next two games. You're going to be underdogs. You're going to be underdogs on Thursday. You're probably going to be underdogs in Philadelphia. You have to win one of these next two games, at least. Uh, Vikes Twins won here on Periscope, says he's reacting to the last call. Never been that embarrassed as a Vikings fan let me count the times. So, yeah, it just depends on your perspective. Getting to the NFC Championship game and then losing 41 nothing to Kerry Collins is really embarrassing when you have Hall of Fame receivers on the field, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is historically one of the most, in terms of what the spread was and the perception of both teams and the fact that it was being played at home, this is one of the biggest upsets in recent NFL history. Uh, I do have a nugget to get to here either uh, after a couple more calls or maybe next segment that should give Vikings fans more hope that there is precedent. A team that once went on to win the Super Bowl actually had a very similar loss in... Uh, we'll just leave it there. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that at some point. Full phone lines right now, 651-646-8255. Anthony in St. Paul, what's going on, man? Hey, guys. I just wanted to say just an absolutely embarrassing loss, unacceptable um, what do you guys think about is it time for Spielman to go um, and maybe even Zimmer? I'll just hang up and uh, listen here. Wait, are you fi- you're firing. You're firing both today. If you if you were the Wills, would you fire both today? Is that what you're saying? I would say Spielman for sure. I'm not sure about Zimmer. I think he deserves a chance for sure. But 
absolutely embarrassing, especially with the offensive line and just non-drafting. Um, yeah, just want to hang up and listen to your thoughts on that. All right, so I think it's ludicrous to start firing Mike Zimmer after this game. Yeah, you're uh, not gonna, you're not even gonna fire Rick Spielman okay, after this you game. Don't, I mean, you don't fire GMs to prove a point midseason. You fire GMs if the vision has gone awry. You fire GMs if you're the if you're the New York Giants a year ago, right? Where mm-hmm. just the vision the vision has gone awry. The vision hasn't gone awry. This was a terrible loss. And Mike Zimmer, I still think, is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Look what he's done record-wise with this team. First of all, he's built the best defense in the NFL. So he, so that, that happened last year. They had the best defense in the NFL. And the Vikings have had a pretty incredible record under Zimmer considering how much turmoil they've had at quarterback. They've had yeah. a rookie and a second-year guy uh, in Teddy Bridgewater. They had... Sam Bradford slash Sean Hill slash Case Keenum career backup, right? Uh, so let's not go crazy here. Mike Zimmer is still a wonderful coach. This was a terrible game, and you yeah. can put a lot of it on him. I think it's okay to say both those things. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think people being upset about this loss today, I don't think that's an overreaction. I think people have a right to be upset because they were brutal today against a team that is not as good as them. Yeah, They just did not show up to play today. But you don't want to get to the point where, after a game like this, where you're ready to, where you're ready to fire the GM and get rid of the head coach. No, like that's absurd. just you can't you can't do that after three games. It's absurd. And uh, who are you going to hire? What are you going to? I mean, what are you? <laughs> who's who? Who? If if Mike Zimmer were to get fired, who would take? Would would Prefer be the? Oh my fact, like Dude, interim way, coach. Prefer's prized punter booted one ten yards deep past the goal line too. Uh, yeah, that's two touchbacks we've got, seen. He got now. that seventy-yard punt, though. Phil, he did that rolled about was, fifty yards. He did. It was a good bounce. <laughs> uh, Thomas in Nevada, you're on with Manny and Mackey. Lucky's thirteen, powering vent line. What's going on, Thomas? Hey, Thomas. We got we got a little delay there with Thomas, so he'll have to call back six five one six four six eight two five five. Let's try uh, Dan and Blaine. Dan, we're uh, we're dissecting an embarrassing loss here. Help us. Uh, I actually had a question about the hit on Stefan Diggs by the the linebacker for the Bills. It looked like they drove him into the ground, and then they were taunting him. And I was wondering why they didn't throw a call, or a, you know, a unsportsmanlike call. Yeah. And if Diggs goes down, where are the Vikings there? You know, after a cheap hit like that. Well, I'll tell you uh, why they didn't throw a flag because the wheel, the random wheel of 15-yard penalties that the refs spin after every play, wound up on no flag that time. But yeah. Clay Matthews got he got unlucky again today when they spun that 50-50 wheel where they're literally flipping a coin on every call because they have no bleeping idea what they're supposed to be looking for. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't even it's, know what every play. It's like uh, is that a penalty? I don't know. I don't even very, know what I'm watching anymore. It's very simple. If Stephon Diggs were, was a quarterback, there would have been a 15-yard penalty, no question. Yeah, no question. If he was a quarterback, that would have been a fifteen-yard penalty. Yeah, let's go to. Uh, we're flying through calls here on Vikings Vantline. Mike in Ohio, go ahead. Your thoughts? Hey, big fan of the show, guys. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Uh, major, Appreciate it. Major concern. Um, football comes down to two things: being able to run the football and stop the run. Major concerns with the Vikings running game right now. You guys got to agree with that, right? Yeah, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is such a better running back than Latavius Murray, and even in a game like this where you fall down and you're going to replace running the ball with short passes, there were two or three plays where you you saw Latavius Murray 
lining up as a receiver in formations that Dalvin Cook would be out there, and it yeah. just it's so unnatural for him. It doesn't look right. He he had that one where maybe it was an ill-advised throw, but he had his hands on the ball over the middle, and he gets crunched by two players. Yeah, and the it's ball like, popped up, and it landed into the lap of a yes. linebacker, and it was a pick. Yes. Yeah, I, I, you know, I. The thing with running the ball, and we've kind of talked about this before. It, I think there's still kind of this old school mentality of you got to establish the run, you got to run the football, establish the run. More than anything, I think you just have to. When it comes to running the football, I think you just have to include it in your offense enough to where the defense respects it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not worried. If, if Dalvin Cook is getting 3.8 yards a carry or whatever whatever he's at right now, I think it might even be lower than that. It's a little bit concerning, but because you're able to use Dalvin Cook in the short passing game, that's that can make up for what you're not getting from him by just turning around and handing the ball off to him. Yeah. And that was and that was missing today. Like that's, you know, that that's part of the deal is, you know, when when your better guys are out, then there are certain aspects that the guys that are in to replace him just don't bring. So they did miss Dalvin Cook a little bit t- today, but I don't to be honest with you, Phil, I don't know if Dalvin Cook would have played today if it would have really made much of a difference cuz I just don't think the team was ready to play today. No, as at my, all. as Mike Zimmer just told the assembled media, Players being out had nothing to do nothing with why with they lost the game today. You, I mean, do people really think if Everson Griffin played today, it would have made any difference? It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have really mattered. It would have been. I mean, maybe the score would have been different, but they just weren't ready to play today. Yeah it it was a it was just a collective. I guess in some ways, I, I don't know if it was a trap game necessarily, but it was. It felt like a collective. All right, we're playing at home. Buffalo's terrible. It's a rookie quarterback. This team destroys rookie quarterbacks. It felt like they had played the result out in their heads before they took the field today. 651-646-8255. Vikings vent line here. Carries on with Juan in uh, outstate Minnesota. Where are you, Juan? What's going on? Uh, I'm in Los Angeles, actually, listening to you guys. Right on. What do you got to say? Yeah, honestly, um, is it time to start kind of hitting the panic button on this team? I guess, like, my kind of worry is... um, we kind of get a rough start to the season. We got a little lucky against the 49ers. You know, they had a lot of chances to win that game. We saw kind of Kirk Cousins fumbling a little bit there. And then week two in Green Bay, we talk about the first half, Kirk holding on to the ball too long. He had a great second half there, but then obviously today just not having it. Is it time to start worrying that this team isn't really what we thought it was going to be this year? Yeah, I'm not hitting a panic. I want to see what they look like against the Rams and the Eagles. Yeah, that's okay? exactly what I was going to I mean, say. Like, you'll have a really good feel after the first five games based on their opponents. You'll have a really good feel for what this team is. Okay, how, how do they respond to this? That is going to be the ultimate question, I think, for how this team goes and how they look the rest of the season. You want some more bad Minnesota football news? Okay. The Gopher football team just announced that Antoine Winfield Jr. is out for the season with the with the foot injury he suffered against Maryland again. Same, and Jimmy, same same thing last year with him. He got hurt in the Maryland game last year, and he was out for the season. If, I'm, if my memory. Strikes me well here. And Jimmy Butler is going to be traded here. That's actually good news based on all the stuff that's happened. <laughs> if Tom Thibodeau also goes with him. Yeah. Uh, let's take our first break here, and we'll get to Alan, Matt, and Dan, and our guy Miguel in Minneapolis, and we'll take more of your comments 
on the Twitter slash Periscope feed. If you want to find us, you can find uh, at 1500 ESPN on Twitter or Periscope. Lucky's 13 is uh, powering Vikings Ventline all year long. And again, the numbers are 651-646-8255-877-615-1500, Manny. Yes, Lucky's 13s is uh, sponsoring Vikings Ventline. They have you covered for the best game day experience this football season. Tons of TVs, legendary appetizers, amazing fresh half-pound burgers, handcrafted sandwiches, and a wide variety of other uh, pub favorites. The drink menu is awesome, too. A huge selection of tap beer, handcrafted cocktails, the best Bloody Marys in town. Seriously, these bloodies are fantastic. Try the Bacon Bloody, the Jalapeno Bloody, the Mother Mary, or uh, you know what? You can get a flight and try them all. Uh, plus, Lucky's 13 celebrates Sunday Fun Day. Happy hour all day long on Sunday, every Sunday, events and prize giveaways during games, too. Lucky's 13 has locations in Bloomington, Burnsville, Mendota, Plymouth, and Roseville. Uh, and if you can't make it out, if you're having people over for the game, you know what? You can call ahead to Lucky's and order some of these great apps, and they'll be ready to bring uh, home when you get there to pick them up. Find them online at Lucky's13Pub.com, Lucky's13Pub.com. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings Vent Line now continues. Let's see if the Bills can do something with over the top. That goes Allen. Touchdown. Did he break the plane? He did. Touchdown, Buffalo. Now in second and ten. Middle of the field. Ball up in the air. Did it ever hit? Yes, that's intercepted. Never hit the ground. Milano already has a fumble recovery. Oh, has an interception. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Welcome back to Vikings Vent Line. Brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pub. Lucky's13pub.com. Vikings lose to the Bills 27-6 to today at home. Embarrassing performance. And uh, Phil Mackey, we were just talking like this. Where does this rank in terms of just embarrassing losses for the Vikings? I think this is right up there as far as ones that I can remember. Uh, it is. It's, it's unique because I can't think of, off the top of my head, I can't think of games in which the Vikings were such heavy favorites and or perceived to be such Super Bowl contenders and against far superior team. that yeah, yeah against a team that they were far superior against at least on yes. paper and losing and, and there's been games where oh man the Vikings looked terrible or the Vikings lost to the Lions or whatever they I, they did almost lose to a Lions team that didn't win a game that might have been the Dan Orlovsky game 2008 yeah 12 to 10 but that 2008 Vikings team wasn't as good as this team is and I don't know if that maybe you could say maybe that this I mean, Bills Gus team is, Rott started it Started at quarterback for that game. Yeah. Like, so. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's in its own interesting, unique category. 651-646-8255. Let's go to uh, Allen in Wisconsin. has been on hold the longest. Hey, Allen. Hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, Viking fan for over 50 years. Uh, yeah, it's probably one of the worst games I've got to see. Also, uh, thank God we didn't send uh, sign Barr in the offseason was just wondering how much money we got for next year to definitely address the offensive line and definitely we have to every pick pick offensive line almost in the draft it is kind of funny how few picks and and top resources they've used it's like one year they heard all this criticism it's all right all right pat off line and then go get riley reef and mike remmers and then they shut the, the faucet off for this last draft yeah well and you know i mean look you we talked about it 
about how they didn't address the offensive line in the draft and they didn't really address it significantly in, in free agency. Yeah, that's going to be something to, to, to talk about. And Mike Hughes, who they drafted in the first round, who looked promising in, in preseason. I mean, today he was, he was terrible and he, he, on defense, he was terrible on special teams. There was a, there was a punt where it looked like the Vikings were going to leave it alone and, and let the bills down it. And then he, for some reason, inexplicably picked it up and got tackled. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And I think he's trying to, cause there is a rule where if the, if the team uh, looking to down the punt, if they touch it, but they don't down it, you can go in there pretty much consequence free and you, but but what are you doing? Like the, why, the clock is running, that? and there's no. And yeah. the, sec- the second touchdown for the Bills, I think, to put them up seventeen nothing. I don't know what he was doing on that play because that was just a broken, a breakdown on defense. And yeah. I, I don't know, I can't remember who caught it, but he was wide open. There was nobody within twenty yards of him. One thing we maybe took for granted is when Terrence Newman was a regular presence on this team and out on the field. They didn't have many communication breakdowns because you had, and Brian Robinson, when he was out there too, you had these veterans who understood this is where everyone needs to be. And there were two or three times in that game today, and this happened against San Francisco and uh, occasionally against Green Bay. Mackenzie Alexander, uh, other players on the field had really no idea what they were. There was, there was out one, of position, missing tackles. Yep. One yeah. of those big Bills offensive plays in the first half, the Vikings had two guys covering the same receiver and nobody covering. Of who you know, whoever caught the pass, stuff like that, that just didn't happen as often when Terrence Newman was on the field. Let's go to Matt in South Dakota. You're up next on Vent Line. Hey, Matt. Hey, guys. Uh, typical trap game didn't really surprise me. Well, I guess it did, but I mean, this is just the game they were going to lose. Uh, number two, why was Cousins even out there for the last three series? You spend eighty-four million dollars on a, a franchise quarterback. They were not coming back. And number three, uh, when uh, Buffalo's quarterback jumped over Barr, even if Barr would have caught him, how was he going to tackle him without getting a penalty flag? You want to handle uh pick your favorite one there? Because I like the Cousins thing. They're trying to win the game. So at yeah. what point do you wave the white flag? No, I harm. think probably with like three minutes left and you're down 27 to nothing. You probably just put Trevor Simeon in, maybe. But, but I mean, it, you know, Kirk Kirkins didn't get hurt, so it's, you know, whatever. On the bar thing, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just more than anything on that particular play, I just say kudos to Josh Allen. I mean, he probably was taking a risk there. I mean, we don't really like when quarterbacks do things like that because they could get injured. But you know, I listen. I got to give Josh Allen a lot of credit because. Everybody, myself included, was like, this kid has no shot on Sunday. And he came out, and, you know, the Vikings weren't really ready to play. But to his credit, he took advantage of it. And he made some plays, and he made some throws where you're like, okay, you tip your hat to the kid because he could have came into this thing wide-eyed, deer in the headlights, scared out of his mind, like Brock Osweiler was a couple of years ago when he came in. But he he stood in there, and he was he made a couple plays. He was pumping his fist. He was... Putting his, you know, putting his teammates up like you got to tip your hat to the kid because it could have been a complete disaster for him. And he came in and he performed. Yeah. Uh, some more comments here on the Twitter and Periscope feed. Flying Hawaiian says on the bright side, no missed field goals or extra points today. Dan Bailey had a relatively uh, stress free day today. It was nice. Hey, what two kickoffs? 
That's it, right? I think. I think he, it was just two kickoffs. Yeah, because they went for two on the touchdown. Yeah. Seeley Ford says, Zimmer will have this team ready for the Rams. This game was the fluke. Rather have it happen now than the NFC title game. I guess uh, time will tell on that. And Honorable Wright says, I, I agree with this, Case Keenum's mobility masked many offensive line deficiencies last year. And that was that's definitely a big difference. I, I'd rather have Kirk Cousins' arm and Kirk Cousins' passing upside Case Keenum's mobility and ability to roll out and, and flush out and keep a play alive and have wide, wide receivers improvise much, much better than Kirk Cousins' ability to. And I think with Kirk, it's not even a, a thing where he's Peyton Manning or Tom Brady where he just can't get out of the pocket just because he's just not physically quick enough to do that. I think Kirk has the physical ability to do that. He just won't. Yeah. He just he just won't do it. He's just not. I don't for whatever reason he's just not comfortable doing that. Whereas Case Keenum's like, look, I'll I'll play backyard football. I'll roll out and do what I can. But to your point, Kirk does have. I mean, what we saw at Lambeau Field last week. I don't think Case Keenum had the ability to do that. I don't think he has the ability to lead you down from two touchdowns and just throw darts all over the football yeah. field. Now, the, I guess this is a more of a philosophical, big picture question that we just won't have an answer to. The Vikings' defense last year in the regular season was good enough that 25 different quarterbacks could have sat back behind. You know that if, if, All I have to do is score 17 points and win a mm-hmm. game, okay? If the defense isn't going to be that dominant anymore, and all of a sudden the task is to score 24 points, 28 points on a more regular basis, yeah. now there's more pressure on the quarterback. It's that quarterback-to-defense ratio where, hey, if you're the 2,000 Ravens, who wants to sit behind center and hand the ball off for three hours? Trent Dilfer, <laughs> come on down. Tony Banks, right? Come on down. And so now, all of a sudden, if this defense is the 12th best defense in the NFL because they're, they're just leakier and you know, whatever, and Mackenzie Alexander's not as good. And to be honest, too, when you look back at that Ravens team, remember, they they left, they released Trent Dilfer after they won that Super Bowl, and they went and got Elvis Gerr back. I think they gave him a pretty substantial contract mm-hmm. because their thought was, well, we can't rely on our defense being the greatest yeah. defense of all time again for a second year in a row, so we need to upgrade a quarterback. Well, it didn't really work out for them because Elvis Gerback turned out wasn't really much of an upgrade over Trent Dilfer. So, but I do think that Kirk Cousins is an upgrade over Case Keenum. Kirk just needs to be willing to when when the protection breaks down, he's got to be willing to do more than just stand in one spot in the pocket. He's got to step up. He's got to he's got to be a little bit more crafty with his feet. Be willing to get outside the pocket and make some throws that way. I mean, he's got to be willing to do that because they're going to need him to do that. Uh, a few people pointing out in our chat box here on Twitter slash Periscope that Laquan Treadwell had the redemption game today, baby. No drops. Four targets, four catches for 33 yards. Did you see the one boy, catch Laquan. he had where he, he got sort of, it was like on a third and three and it's 27 to nothing. He leaps up, makes the catch, falls down, gets the first down, and gets up, and he does He does the old uh, Jerome, Simpson. Jerome Simpson, the old point for a first down. <laughs> Laquan, you're down by uh, four scores. Like, I love it, dude. And it's like a seven-yard catch. I love it. Just, Just stop it. I love wide receivers with zero self-awareness. Gosh, Cordero like, Patterson, oh, Jerome Simpson, the best. My goodness. Miguel in Minneapolis, the floor is yours, man. What up, Miguel? Hey, what's going on? Hey, rem- remember the, the circumstances are a little different, but it's still an embarrassing loss, 2001 at home to the 1-15 Carolina Panthers, because that was mm. the opener. And it was also you coming off a 41 donut. 
and you got a home opener against a team that only win was that win. And you know yeah. who quarterback that team? Chris Winkie. Chris Winkie. Oh, you know what, right. Miguel? I'm glad you brought that up. I completely forgot about it, but I was at that game, Oof. and I'll never forget it. Uh, rookie, some rookie out of Utah, some wide receiver who ended up being pretty good, named Steve Smith, took the opening kickoff of the season. That's right. Back for a touchdown. And it that just that set the tone for the entire season for the Vikings. And that was one of those losses because, like Miguel said, you didn't know. I mean, the Panthers weren't projected to be great. It got that loss kept getting worse and worse and worse mm-hmm. as they continued toward one and fifteen. Yep. So like at, at you couldn't appreciate how horrific the loss was at the time of the loss. And mm-hmm. we'll see what happens with the Bills. The Bills feel like a three and thirteen team though that you just got trounced by at home. Yep. Miguel, go ahead. Yeah, and the Vikings look like a six and ten team today. So there you go. But we know, like I tell you, everyone, the league's eight and eight, coaching, talent, health, and some luck gives you, you know, what you're at. They didn't have the Vikings do. That's why they're one one and one. They're using their luck cards a lot right now. They're lucky to get out of San Francisco game, quite honestly, because the secondary just has looked horrific. There's been people wide open in every game so far, and then this is and, and as far as this game though. Uh, I'm going to put the blame if you if you go it's mainly on Zimmer because you have to have your team ready. Yeah. So if if you're going to say they look lethargic, they look like they already won the game. That's a coaching issue. Then that's you not having your guys ready. That's you putting out the message. Everson sit down. That's you cook sit down. If you even if if you just dress them and run them out there, the mindset might be different. But it's a coaching thing whether they're playing or not. But this this game has to be on Zim. Um, not having your guys ready to go out there and compete because they didn't compete at all. They got down and then they just stayed down. And that's that's not a good sign. But we'll see what's going forward because this is this is a hectic schedule and I, even if they lose these two and they go one then they're one and three. You got to think that as far as if they can be healthy and talent that this team can pull something together. But the problem still lies that it's going to show up in these next two. It's going to really show up in these next two games, especially showed up today. You've seen Hughes get off this uh, offensive line in trouble because here come two top defensive lines. You're talking about we got a top five defensive line. Okay, then here goes the other two that are up there as well. And then here they come. And you've already had Jacksonville in the preseason, so here they come. And if you're struggling running and you're struggling pass protection now, boy, oh, boy. I do have some good news. Miguel, that's a great phone call, and we appreciate it. Let's throw this nugget out. We teased this about 20 minutes ago. In 1995, and this might be the last 16 and a half or more point favorite to lose to the underdog, mm-hmm. it happened on a team's home field. It was actually the second time this team lost to that particular underdog. The 1995 Dallas Cowboys were a 17-point favorite on, let's see here, December 3rd at Texas Stadium in front of a crowd of 64,866. And the Redskins came back in the second half. They were down 10-7 at halftime. They came back in the second half, and they squeaked out a 24-17 win on the road. And uh, Norv Turner was the head coach of that Washington Redskins team. Heath Shuler was the starting quarterback. Former Tennessee Vol, Heath Shuler. Yep. Troy Aikman, Hall of Famer at quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. They had Emmett Smith. I mean, that was prime dynasty time for Dallas. Dallas went on to finish 12-4 and four in the regular season and win the Super Bowl. So yeah. it, it, it doesn't have to define your season. Dallas shook it off. Dallas went on to win their third Super Bowl in four years. It's, 
And so it doesn't it, it doesn't have to define your season. And Dallas didn't let it define their season in nineteen ninety five. And that's that's the key part of it, Phil. Is how the 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 biggest question now for the Vikings is Ed, this was a terrible loss. Now it's now it becomes how do they respond? How do they respond? Mm-hmm. I mean it it is it is very easy to look at this and say this is terrible. They're going to go seven and nine. They got no chance. The big question that's going to determine everything for how this season goes is how do they respond to these next two games? Yep. Because if you can go into L.A. and beat the Rams on Thursday, you're going to be an underdog. But if you can go into L.A., beat the Rams on Thursday, then 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 the mindset changes and it's a little bit easier to forget about what happened against against Buffalo today. Correct. But you have to go and now now the game against the Rams on Thursday is even bigger than what it was this morning. It is, and and the game against the Eagles in yeah. two weeks is also all they just take on more meaning, so you don't yeah. fall into a deep hole to start the because, season. Because if you're one three and one after five games, because you've lost these next two, then you're you still have a chance, but your margin for error is a lot smaller. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to AM 1500 KSTP Minneapolis St. Paul. It's Vikings Vent Line on 1500 ESPN, and we are Manny Hill and Phil Mackey. The numbers we we got one open phone line right now. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. And we thank all of you who've been streaming us live on Periscope slash Twitter throughout the day, pregame, halftime, and now postgame vent line. Let's go to Jeff in Texas. Jeff, go ahead. Yeah, there's so many, lots of good comments and, and lots of stuff I agree with there. And uh, I do hold Zimmer accountable, but I don't think you fire him, obviously. But, but even... Uh, Either Nance or Tony mentioned that uh, DeFlippo had said that he was concerned if they were, like, taking this here. I can't remember his exact words. I don't know if you guys watched the the uh, telecast, but even he was, by concern, were the players looking past that? I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I, I, I don't know how much you can put on a coach for players and 20-year-old kids call them kids or young men, whatever, like, okay, can we really take these guys serious? But, you know, every every any given Sunday, all that stuff, it all rings true, NFL, why they play the game. But here's my, here's my biggest concern, big picture on the thing. It really bothered me every time the Vikings came out, Kirk's over by himself, sitting by himself. I see Diggs sitting by a defensive back by himself, Feelings off by, you know, over by himself. I don't, I don't see anybody getting the offense together. Uh, you know, you, the, the old pictures, you always see the Brady walking up and down and the Rodgers walking up and down and yelling yeah. in the face. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Where was that? Jeff, I think it's – I'm not going to read into that. I think all of, all of the stories and all the anecdotes that we've heard from Vikings practice – Kirk Cousins is doing a good job on that front from everything we've heard. I don't think there's any reason to look at it. They got their asses kicked by the worst team in the NFL, at least the worst team through the first month of the season, a team that had a guy quit at halftime on his on his season and career, a team that has Nathan Peterman out there twice as a starter in, in embarrassing fashion. Yeah. So I I, I think the, the rah-rah was... was uh, When they're down by that many points in the second half, I just don't... I don't know. Like, they... They're human beings, so we'll see what happens. To Manny's point, how they respond is more important. I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna read into 
whether or not Stefan Diggs is mad at Kirk. I'm sure he was mad at Kirk Cousins. Cousins had a terrible game. Cousins mm-hmm. is probably mad at the offensive line because because Riley Reef got spun around like an idiot five different times. Yeah. So that's human that's gonna, nature. It's going to happen, but again, it goes back to what I said before. How do you respond? Did this game piss you off enough to where you are able to go into L.A. on Thursday and get a win? That's that's what it's going to come down to. Yes, and uh, that's that's going to be a quick turnaround, man. And we're going to have a yeah. late into the night vent line session too. We still have full phone lines, so as soon as callers jump in and uh, make their points, you feel free to steal their spot by calling six five one six four six eight two five five. Mike in Burnsville, you're on the show. Oh, I was in such a bad mood, since, but since I've been on hold, a lot's happened. I saw the Salmon Sisters commercial. Oh, isn't that a great one? They showed a hot chick sitting next to Brian Urlacher. Wow. And then I turned it over to golf, and if Justin Rose keeps pooping his pants, Tiger's going to win the FedEx Cup. Okay, real, real quick, because, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm, we're watching Tiger Woods here, too. Yeah. Where does Justin Rose have to finish for he Tiger? To outside top five? Tied for fifth or worse. Okay. So, and I think he's two strokes out of that, but he's just mm. not playing well right now. Um, another one that was similar to this was the Indianapolis Colts game two years ago. Sat yep. there for that one also. I never thought I'd see them play it bad at home against a bad team in a pretty pressure situation. But another question I have is, I know it's part of your job, but do you guys just marvel at some of the idiots that call you? We appreciate everyone who calls us because it helps us us keep food on our tables. The eye-rolling you guys must do. Fire Zimmer, Fire Spielman. The best part about streaming live on Periscope and Twitter is you get to see when we actually roll our eyes in some of the phone calls. So. <laughs> okay, here's another one. Okay. You know how not everyone can in the media always has someone that can't stand them or hates them? Uh, the guy that smug guy that you have on five to six, I can't say his name just like he can't say the Redskins. Um, the guy you have on from five to six, I hope today wipes some of the smugness out of his voice and the smugness probably with the look on his face about thinking how he knows absolutely everything and no one can say anything that would prove him wrong. The Buffalo Bills are a professional football team. Guess what? They practice and they get paid and they're professionals. Any team at any point can walk on and beat a team even if they're so much better because just like the, one of the worst movies in the history of cinema, any given Sunday, somebody can beat somebody in professional sports. That's all I got. Mike and Burnsville, thank you. By the way, send those angry comments to at Matthew Collar mm-hmm. on Twitter. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, what's his email? I don't even know if he uses his work email, but it'd be mcollar at hbi.com. And Matthew's a big boy. He can, take, he can handle all that. Yeah. But I, I don't think he... I think we all agreed that the Vikings were not losing this game, and um, he left the door open more than I would have in our conversations this week. And yeah. by the way, he I, to defend Matthew, Matthew is one of the best Vikings analysts and smartest people covering this team that I've ever seen. And if you're not listening to the Purple Podcast on a regular basis with him, Sage Rosenfels, Courtney Cronin, you're definitely uh, missing some good stuff, so check it out. Yeah, I mean, listen, Matthew had the same opinion about this game that the rest of us had that the Vikings were 17 point favorites. They needed to come in and take care of business against an inferior opponent. They didn't do that. 
they were not ready to play today for whatever reason. It could be coaching. It could be whatever. Maybe guys were partying too much last. I don't know. But everything about this game said that the Vikings should win. And they should have won the game. So, I I mean, I'm not going to look at any experts or anybody that said, oh, that guy was wrong because he said the Vikings should. Everybody said that. Yeah. Everybody said that. Yep. A lot of lot of egg on faces here as we collect ourselves after this one. Back to the vent lines, powered by Lucky's thirteen. Uh, Joe in Baltimore. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. First time caller, uh, Viking fan, my whole life. Just a, uh, I guess, just more of an observation. It, does anybody see you know in the Vikings? Remind me of the Philly game last last uh, last year. Is there any adjustments that this team makes? It seems like once we get our heads kicked in, we have no answers. I watch, and Zimmer's this uh, defensive genius, and I see nothing ever changing. I guess I'm a little spoiled uh, living in Baltimore, where every time this defense in the the Ravens is fantastic. You know, the Cincinnati game Thursday, they were getting their heads kicked in, and in halftime, it was a completely different game. They always come back and win when they were down by 21. Does anyone else see this, or is it just me? Well, the Vikings' defense, Joe, actually did adjust to the second half. They gave up very little in the second half, and part of that's because Buffalo didn't really need a lot more, and Buffalo ran the ball and wasn't interested in turning the ball over. And I disagree. I, I actually think Mike Zimmer teams have done a good job for the yeah. most part at halftime. Yes, there are some glaring examples, such as the Colts game from, was it two years ago now, mm-hmm. and uh, and the NFC Championship game. And then there was the Packers game where we had some insubordination and players making their own calls on the field and but they rectified that in the offseason. It's really easy after a game like this to knee-jerk overreact and say, they never make adjustments. They, you know, they're you, one of the, I think Mike Zimmer is one of the best in the NFL at doing that. I mean, they they look at the Rams game from last year. Remember the Rams game? They come in, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley in that offense, they march right down the field the first drive of the game, and they score a touchdown. Yeah. They got nothing after that. That is classic case of making adjustments. That's what... You know, Mike Zimmer, for the most part, has has done a lot of that since he's been the coach here. It just, I mean, look, today, it I don't think there's really any other way of describing today other than they just weren't ready to play today for whatever reason, and they got their butts kicked. Yeah, it's one of those where you're picking the schedule before the season, and you're, you're, you're going through, and there's five games you're sure about. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of games that you're pretty sure about, and there are some that are just... This was one of the five games you were sure about as you looked at the schedule, that there's no way they lose this game at home, even though Buffalo was a playoff team last year. Going around the scoreboard here, the Rams are up in the middle of the second quarter, 20-6 to on the Chargers. So barring a, a road comeback there for uh, Phillip Rivers and company, the, the Rams are going to be 3-0 going into that game next week. The Bears are down 14-rip on the road to the Cardinals right now. Who have scored one touchdown in two weeks. Oof. <laughs> Sam Bradford, 4 of 5, 92 yards and two touchdowns in that one so far. Wow. And the Saints came back. They pulled it off in overtime, beating the Falcons 43-37. to 37. Chiefs put up 38 more points and a bunch more touchdowns for Patrick Mahomes. The Packers did finish off their loss, 31-17 to 17 in that one. And someone uh, tweeted out that Rodgers not only has a bum knee, but on the other leg, a bum hamstring now. He strained his hamstring trying to run for a first down. Some uh, former Vikings running back had... 120 yards on 19 carries and two touchdowns today. I won't. I won't uh, say his full name, but it, well, his, Mo- first, his first Mo- name Mo- starts Mo- with Moelle Moore is back <laughs> on fire. 
Adrian Peterson going to make people eat crow, including yeah. including our radio show in the afternoons. TJ in Wisconsin, you're up next on Ventline. Uh, hey, guys. Unfortunately, I have no uh, scathing Matthew Collar criticism to offer here, but um, <laughs> one of the one of the things, and just this is kind of what you see with the Patriots, where you know they're good for a stinker in September, but guess what? You're the New England Patriots. You've won five Super Bowls. You've got Tom Brady. You've got Bill Belichick. This Viking team, to me, just seemed like they thought they were good for a stinker. They thought they could kind of overlook, which is not hard when you got the Rams on the road next week. Uh, but if you think about it, the crowning achievement in the Zimmer era here is the Minneapolis miracle. And when that is the best thing that you've done, you it, that's just what's disheartening to me. I don't, I'm not worried about the season. I think they're going to play a lot better next week in, in uh, L.A., but just to see them come out from the top down thinking they're entitled to a win here is just really disappointing to me when this team really hasn't done much of anything uh, achievement-wise in the Zimmer era. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. It's uh, it, it did feel like a reality check and sort of an entitlement check. The Patriots last year, was last year? That wasn't the year Tom Brady was. I think Tom, didn't Tom Brady play all? Yeah, he played, uh, played, uh, he played two, all 16. Two years ago, when he had the suspension from Deflategate. So even with Tom Brady, the Patriots gave up an average of 33 points per game defensively in their first month last year, including a 42-27 loss to the Chiefs at home and a 33-30 loss to the Panthers at home. But again, that is the Patriots, and they have a track yeah. record of playing they have mediocre football in September and then almost never losing in uh, November and, and December. So, yeah, there's not... It's, I I keep going back to what we've been saying. It's okay to call this an absolutely unacceptable, embarrassing loss, but to go further than that and say that the season's over or that Mike Zimmer is a bad coach or this or this or this, let's pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. Let's pump the brakes. 651-646-8255. Let's go to uh, our guy, Realistic Randy. Realistic Randy in Oakland. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on, guys? I honestly don't have the energy to go off like I really want to, I think, because after last week, I pretty much spent all my energy out going off on Laquan Treadwell and Daniel Carlson. But this defense, man, it's regressed from last season. They're nowhere close to the number one defense so far in this early season like they were last year. And I think they're carrying the same lethargic defense from the NFC Championship game. Xavier Rhodes, he hasn't looked like a number one cornerback or a shutdown cornerback in the league like he did last year. And I've been a big proponent that Anthony Barr does not need a contract extension. I think he's lazy. I think he plays half-assed. The coach even spoke out on it. But this year, he has been garbage so far in these three games. He has been garbage. This day, this today against the Buffalo Bills, you had two penalties last time I checked, one face mask, one horse collar, and then you let Josh Allen leapfrog over you like a horse. That like you're supp- everybody acts like this dude Anthony Barr is Khalil Mack. He's not. He is overrated. If he's gone, the defense could still be good. And then John D. Filippo, Manny Hill. We talked about this in Week One. John D. Filippo needs to stop being extra conservative. When the game was starting to get out of out of hand, he kept going to running plays for like first and second down and leaving Kirk Cousins for third and long pass attempts. With this offensive line, it's not that good. I don't understand why you continue to do that. So this this coaching staff needs to get it together. Anthony Barr, I said I would have traded him in the offseason when his value is still high, but guess what? His value is regressing. So I don't know. And Mike Zimmer, 
he needs to get it together too. He's supposed to be a defensive guru, and you let Josh Allen look like the second coming of Joe Montana. So that's pretty much all I got to say on it. I'm not even I'm not even mad really because I'm so used to this at this point. I expected the Vikings to win too. I expected them to cover, but guess what? This debacle that they had today. Like, everyone, all my friends and family were texting me like, damn, man, like, what's going on with your Vikings? I'm like, I don't even care to get mad. Yeah. This is just what they do. <laughs> you're an emotionless robot now, which is pretty much what you have to be, Randy, if you're going to be a Vikings fan. <laughs> it definitely keeps your life living long because I'm telling you one thing. I'm tired of shaving minutes, hours, and days off my life <laughs> yelling at this team. I'm tired of it. That was a pathetic performance today. Yeah. And like I said, the defense overall, this is supposed to be the bread and butter of this team. The defense has been nowhere close to what it was last year. Yeah, Randy in Oakland. Realistic Randy will catch up again soon here. Uh, let's take uh, another call here from Maple Grove. Travis, you're on Vikings Ventline. I know. Mark. Hey, Travis, you're up on Ventline. What up, Travis? Travis. Oh. Hey. Uh, we got a. We got other people on hold, so. You got to figure it out in the first couple seconds, or you mm-hmm. you run the risk of us uh, hanging up on you there. David in Virginia, you're on Vikings Vent Line. Hey guys, what's happening, man? Oh, just disgusted. I've been a Vikings fan for 54 years, Oof. and I have not seen a loss quite as bad as that one. Now, granted, we lost 41 zip. 41 donut against the Giants, but they were a good team. This was a bad team. And in our own house, no less, we lay an egg like you wouldn't believe. It's just, I pulled my hair out if I had any left. (laughs) And I don't. And it's just unbelievable from play calling, DeFilippo, you know, it was the next biggest thing he's going to last only a year and he's going to be a head coach oh not with this play calling that ain't going to happen people that's it that's that, stuck with him next year that's an official judge zolgad write that down prediction that john DeFilippo will be a head coach after one year of coordinating we'll see it's 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 week three it's week three but we'll see david well, in virginia thanks for the folks sorry to cut you off we just got we have full phone lines uh, right now in fact we got to squeeze in a two minute break here real quick and then we'll come back with our final segment to Vikings Vent Line. We'll get to Dan and Harold and Bill and Tyler and more comments and questions and observations and rips and sarcasm in our comment section on uh, Periscope and Twitter. It's just the at 1500 ESPN page if you're on your smartphone or on your computer somewhere. And Lucky's 13 powering Vikings Vent Line all season long. Where did that one rank on the most embarrassing losses that you've seen as a Vikings fan? We'll talk more about it next. At Three Day Blinds, we're passionate about helping you choose the perfect window treatments for your home. That's why we provide a design consultant to come to your house for free to give you a better experience with more beautiful results. When I hear back from my clients telling me they absolutely love what we put together, I get really excited. We can provide a custom fit product that's going to be just immaculate and perfect inside that window. Our design consultants help you choose draperies, blinds, shutters, and more to fit your style and budget. There's no obligation to buy a thing, but the advice is priceless. 
To set up a free design consultation and get free installation, go to 3dayblinds.com. We were absolutely blown away by the value, the quality. We are very, very happy with our decision. It just makes my place feel more like home. Set up your free design consultation and get free installation. Go to 3dayblinds.com. That's 3dayblinds. The show solely devoted to your reaction on the game. Vikings Vent Line now continues. Third and seven from the ten. Pressure on Cousins. Pocket collapsing. And Cousins, the ball comes out. And it looks like Buffalo's recovered. They got it. Buffalo football at the 15. His Cousins. Pressure on him. And the ball's out again. And the Bills recovered again at the 25-yard line. Vikings Vent Line continues on for one more segment brought to you by Lucky's 13 Pubs, luckys13pubs.com. Vikings get their butts kicked at home 27 to 6 to the, I guess, maybe not so lowly Buffalo Bills, Phil Mackey. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs> at least yeah. today they weren't so lowly. Yeah, they were, they were reading headlines and, and they're yeah. human beings too. So it wasn't shocking that they came out early and said, "All right, we're we're here. We're not the the dumpster fire that everyone thinks." There were some guys on this team that made the playoffs last year. I really thought the Vikings were going to absorb that initial wave of energy. Okay, wow, they fell down by ten points. Oh, even seventeen points. They're still going to win the game, and they just mm-hmm. never. Their first half drive chart, as I fling my pen into my face. <laughs> Uh, much like the Vikings' offense did during the first <laughs> half, offensively. Yes, I think their longest drive in the first half was five plays, and two turnovers and punts. Yeah. And they ran twenty. I saw our, our guy Chris Long from uh, Eyewitness News that tweet out that they basically ran twenty-one plays in the first half. The Vikings' offense. Did. Yeah, there was three and outs, and I think only two drives went more than more than a three and out. And I saw something too. They didn't run a play. In Buffalo territory until like sometime in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken. Yikes! Yeah, like, they didn't cross just... the 50 yard line for. They were making a big deal out of that on the on the broadcast. Yeah, that's a, uh, Adam Thielen, garbage time player of the game. 14 <laughs> catches. If you're a, in a PPR league, Adam Thielen actually gave you a, a pretty nice day fantasy wise. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Let's get to uh, Dan in Lakeville. Hey Dan, you're on Ventline with Manny and Mackey. Hi. Um, talking about the defense. Um... I mean, we have not looked like a even a top ten def- or defense in the league, and we were ranked number one. So, I mean, our defense should have improved this year, but we signed Richardson, and we just haven't looked good at all. Yeah, it's it's not. I think there's a pretty good chance that it's just not going to be the same defense as last year. Doesn't mean it can't be a Super Bowl caliber defense or a top ten defense. It's just really hard to replicate that type of dominating defensive performance when you're 25% on third downs and your red zone rate is yeah. the best in the NFL. It's just you don't carry that over year to year to year like you would a great quarterback or a great offense. The only time I can really think of where you think of defenses that were just fantastic across the board for a season that was kind of replicated the next year was maybe Seattle. After they blew out the Broncos in the Super Bowl, they came back the next year and they were they were just as dominant. Mm-hmm. But other than that, even the the eighty five Bears that that the defense wasn't it was still a good defense, but it just wasn't the same the next year. Yeah, two thousand Ravens it was still a good defense, it just wasn't the same the next year. Buccaneers in two thousand two they blow out the Raiders in the Super Bowl. The next year 
still got a lot of the same cast cast of characters back. They just weren't as dominant. It's very, very hard to maintain that level of excellence where you're number one on defense across the board. It just does not happen that often. And again, that I think that is why they went and got Kirk Cousins because I think they realized, okay, we've got some good pieces here on defense, but we 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 cannot bank on being number one statistically across the board on defense again next year. So let's try and upgrade the quarterback position. And today, I mean, and really the first three weeks, we've seen signs that this defense is just not as good as it was last year. Yes. Uh, let's go to Bill in Minneapolis. You're next up on Vikings Ventline. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, man. Go ahead. Uh, I've got a little different. Al Mackie touched on it. These are physical specimens, the Vikings. Great athletes and probably average intelligence. So all day, all week long, the media... Their friends, everyone, you're a 17-point favorite, guys. You are. Well, they really don't want to believe this. But in their fractured psyches, something's in there that says, Jesus, this, is, this has got to be true. And if that's the case, I can bring my B game. What do you think? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, I guess my theory is, if you do play this game 100 times, the Vikings roll seventy mm-hmm. percent. They mm-hmm. play a close game that results in a win another ten times. Yeah. Sometimes it's just I don't know. One team was jacked up. The other team fell behind early and and couldn't get out of its own way. And, and Buffalo, Buffalo did a great job once they were fortunate enough to pick up a couple fumbles and and the the first drive was extended because of a fifteen yard penalty. They took advantage and they played. Not a prevent defense. It was kind of a classic Leslie Frazier cover two. Hey, we're going to give you five yards underneath all day long. Keep that clock running. And we're going to be fast, and we're going to tackle well. Mm-hmm. The Bills tackled really, really well today. Yep. And I don't know if that's been an issue for them the first few weeks, if tackling's been an issue, but they tackled well today. Yes. Harold and Blaine, welcome to Ventline. Well, thank you. I'd, I'd like to say that last week I, I turned off the game halfway through the third quarter. And the six and a half quarters that I've watched in the last two weeks looked exactly the same. So, although they had a great comeback, I don't think the first two and a half quarters last week looked any that much better than the four quarters today. You didn't think the offense looked a little better in the last couple quarters against Green Bay? No, not in the last two quarters, but I'm saying like in the first two and a half quarters. Okay. Yeah, because I stopped watching halfway through the third quarter. I got you. You should. You should. I thought it was unwatchable. You should have watched the second half against Green Bay. But I do have something positive to say about the first quarter today. I I got my forty eight Plymouth running. <laughs> That's that nice. What does it sound like? Can you give us a little little sound effect? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not loud. It's it has an original engine, so it's just kind of purrs. The Vikings offense looked like it was from 1964 today, too. Yeah, sure did. Uh, let's take, we're going to take one final call here on Vetline, powered by Lucky's 13. Tyler in Maple Grove. Go ahead. Hey, I got a, a couple things to take from today's game. Uh, one thing that, that I think uh, a lot of fans want to jump on is the second anything really bad like this happens, we just want to fire everyone. But one thing that really concerns me about the Zimmer tenure is in the last four seasons, there's been one game every year where we just completely forget to show up. 
It was the Seahawks in 15, the Colts in 16, uh, the championship game last year, and now this game. What's uh, uh, How can we fix this? Because this just seems like a failure by Zimmer to keep the guys ready and motivated. Well, let me uh, let me follow that with uh, a question here just to, to stack it on top. Because I think we're all trying to figure out, is this a blip on the radar or is it a long-term is this team just not as good as as we thought or hoped? And fish tacos for life, actually, with a great question that kind of carries us to the end of that line. I love that handle too, and totally agree with it. Fish tacos for life. That's great. On Periscope slash Twitter says, uh, Philadelphia laid the blueprint on how to attack a Mike Zimmer defense. Do you think that's true? Uh, I I don't know. I mean, you're. Maybe, I I don't know. I I just think that more than anything, I just think that this team just needs to play better. I think that this defense just the the defense needs to play better than what they have. Mm-hmm. I think they're capable of playing better. Um, but I think what if if anything, what the Vikings are showing is that you cannot overlook any opponent. You cannot go into any game like your bleep doesn't stink. <laughs> and I think that's what that's a lesson that they learned today. And and the unfortunate thing is th- th- these are things that every team should already understand and know that you can't just waltz into any game thinking that you can give, you know, a half-assed performance and still walk away with a victory. You have to show up every week, even against a team that you are clearly better than, and take care of business. What did I say this morning? Go into this game, take care of business. Don't mess around. Just take care of business and get ready for the Rams. Didn't mean go in and, ah, we got this game in the bag. We're good. And then get your butt whooped. Take care of business. They didn't take care of business today. Who would have thought that the discussion about resting players in the second half would have applied the other way that no, maybe they should start <laughs> resting players because they're just getting their butts kicked so bad against the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, if and if anyone, yeah, I'd love to see before the day is over. Did Bills Mafia light anybody on fire? Did the did the did Bills put anybody through tables? Yeah, because flaming tables. That's really the only thing that was missing from today is of of Vikings like Riley Reef not only getting beat but getting power bombed through a flaming table before the sack of. Her cousin. So uh, that's going to be it for this week's Vikings Vent Line. If you ever miss any of Vikings Vent Line on demand, you can now find it on the Purple Podcast feed where there's all kinds of great, mostly daily content from Matthew Collar, Sage Rosenfels, Judd Zolgad, and Mackie and Judd with Manny also uh, on the show 3 to 6 p.m. every weekday. So plenty more of this tomorrow. Thanks to Jonathan Harrison for pushing all the right buttons and screening phone calls here on Vent Line. All right, we'll see if they can beat the Rams in a few days. Quick turnaround, and then another tough opponent, the Eagles, Mm -hmm. in a couple weeks from now. Full coverage at 1500ESPN.com. Thank you to Lucky's 13. For Manny Hill, I'm Phil Mackey. That's a wrap on Vikings Vent Line. And a nine from inside the 10. As Allen looks, takes off. He can run with it. Allen reaches for the pylon. And I think he has it. Wait for a signal. Finally, finally, we get one of the linesmen says touchdown. City Bar coming up the middle, free safety, gotta get a go. Allen steps up, jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. 
Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.